Hello and welcome to Employment Talk. We're here to discuss the HR issues affecting you and keep you up to date with the latest employment law news. My name's Jo Mosley. I'm a support lawyer in the employment team. I write our blogs and newsletters and I keep the team and our clients up to date with what's happening in the world of employment law. And my name's Elaine Hutley. I'm a partner in the employment team. Hi, Elaine. I'm delighted you could join us. You've got big shoes to fill. I have. I'm very aware, but very excited to be here. Thanks, Jo. Oh, that's brilliant. I'm so glad you could join us. So today I thought we would talk about swearing in the workplace and specifically whether it's something that employers need to address from the perspective of reducing potential legal claims. But before we talk about that, I need to make a disclaimer to our listeners. In a podcast about swearing, we obviously need to discuss swear words. However, we won't say the actual words, but we'll refer to them as the F word or as appropriate. Or if it's not clear what we're talking about and where it's important that you know what word we're talking about, we will spell them out. Okay. just to put a little bit of context around this, there's been a fair bit of comment about swearing at work over the past few weeks. We've had several MPs who've been overheard in Parliament swearing. We had Lee Anderson suggesting that migrants should F off back to France. Dominic Raab, former Justice Secretary, I think, mouthing the word that rhymes with banker at Keir Starmer. And our new Home Secretary, James Cleverly, allegedly calling an area of the north of England an expletive hole. Okay, so not good. No, it's not. But I think what we've got to do is look at the context. So the House of Commons is quite an unusual environment and it isn't a typical workplace. So it's really interesting that they focus on the swearing or in some cases calling other people liars. But we overlook the way in which the relationships in the House of Commons exist so and the way that MPs interact. They're often insulting. You know, they purposely try to embarrass and humiliate others to score points in their debates. If that was a typical workforce, that would li- uh, workplace even, that would likely be considered to be bullying and employers will have standards in place to make sure that that behaviour doesn't happen. So I think the House of Commons is a particular set of circumstances and we perhaps shouldn't judge all employment relationships by that standard. Oh, absolutely. I mean, it's incredibly dysfunctional, isn't it? If you look at it in a pure employment law context. (laughs) Okay, so before we look at the law, Elaine, what's your general view of swearing at work if you have one? Um, I like it. You know, sometimes (laughs) I think, I shouldn't say that, should I? I'm an employment lawyer. Mm. Sometimes I think you have to look at the context. You have to look at the workplace. Sometimes you have to look at the sector. But I do think that there is a difference between the common language use of swearing where it's aimed at a situation or it just crops up in conversation Mm. versus where someone is swearing at a person or it's used or weaponized to create an atmosphere which is hostile or it's used to bully someone. So I think you have to judge each set of circumstances on the facts of what's happening at the time in the environment that we work in. Yeah, I agree. And I think that most workplaces would accept your first example, but not the second, you know, obvious, for obvious reasons. You know, if it tips into bullying and harassment, then there are legal claims that can arise from that. So do you think We've become more tolerant of swearing as a society. I suspect you're going to say yes to this, given what you said in response to my first question. 
I, I do. I think people do use it and I think we've become a bit desensitized to it, depending on the on the way in which it's used. I think we have it, you know, social media. People have much more freedom these days, thanks to Twitter or the like, to express their opinion. And we do have swear words coming up in that. We've got it in films. Um, we've got it in music. I think the threshold has changed as to it's not acceptable all the time. I don't think that's the case anymore, but there still is a point at which it isn't acceptable. Yeah, absolutely. I don't know if you remember, but there was a case earlier this year that looked at a sales environment. And there, an employee alleged that her boss had undermined her during a meeting and had used the F word to complain about a potential deal. That went to the tribunal and the judge said that the the F word would not be considered rude or offensive anymore. Um, He made comments that it was fairly commonplace and does not carry the shock value that they might have done in a different time. Elaine, would you take a similar view, for example, if someone in your team used that word, say, during a team meeting, an internal meeting? Yes, potentially. So we've got a really good good example of where in the team swear words are sometimes used. So we only this week went to the tribunal. It was a 10 day hearing. We turned up. The judge that we'd been assigned was a judge we'd had at an earlier hearing, which meant he was not able to be our judge at the final hearing. So we lost the, t- the 10 days got taken out of the diary and we've been relisted for um, next year. We were discussing that and a few of us did use the F-bomb. Just how ridiculous that was. It was a lack of planning, mm. the repercussions and the consequences. So, so yeah, in, in that internal meeting, a few people, myself included, may have used um, a couple of swear words, but it was it wasn't aimed at anybody, um, and it wasn't offensive. It was almost for emphasis of just how ridiculous that situation was. Um, so I didn't take issue with it. Nobody did, but that's in the context of of our frustrations that that had happened. Yeah, yeah, I get that. Yeah, absolutely. So that's drill into the legal context in a bit more detail then. We're going to come on to potential discrimination issues later, but I want to start by looking at misconduct situations. Can you explain to our listeners the circumstances in which an employer can dismiss someone for using bad language? Using bad language or swearing is exactly the same as any other type of misconduct. So normally, unless it's an extreme situation, the employer will have to have issued a series of warnings beforehand. And whether you can issue those warnings and whether you can actually even treat it as misconduct also depends how you've paved the way as the employer. So -hmm. it depends on the nature of your business. It depends what expectations you have set in terms of behaviour, policies, etc. So you might expect some industries, for example, manufacturing, security, where it's a bit more commonplace to be a bit more tolerant. And we have got examples of where the tribunal have referred to swearing in those sorts of situations as being industrial language. So it's almost part and parcel of the way people communicate. And it's not considered to have that shock value or be offensive. You'll have other sectors where it isn't tolerated. And as long as you have set expectations, you may be able to move forward and to to treat it as a misconduct case and follow your disciplinary policy. But again, as I've said, unless it's the extreme end of the spectrum, it will be a series of warnings that will stay live and you'll reset expectations to make sure it doesn't happen again. 
Um, it would only then be fair to dismiss if you've gone through the warning process, they're on a final warning and they've done it again, or if we are in that extreme situation where it's not just commonplace language in discussion, but it's perhaps been targeted at someone. Um, so there's been an abuse of power. So it's a senior to a junior member of staff or they're being berated um, and offensive language is being used or it depends on the dynamic of the relationship as well. So, for example, if someone teaches children and they're swearing in an environment when children are around, obviously that's going to be more at the extreme end of the of the um, spectrum. Great, thank you. So I think what you're saying is that if you dismiss somebody for a first offence, it's going to have to be a serious outburst. Is that right? Yeah, absolutely. And the, and the way that the, the tribunal will approach that is to consider a number of factors. So the first is going to be the status of the employee. So a senior person swearing at a junior, that's an abuse of the power relationship, which could ultimately damage trust and confidence. They'll consider what led up to that outburst. Was there any provocation? And you have to be really careful, though, because if something is uttered in the heat of the moment, as an employer, you're going to have to think about the likelihood of reoccurrence happening or the degree of provocation. So if ever you are in a position, even if where it is serious and you are treating it as potential gross misconduct, you've still got to act reasonably and you've still got to think about mitigation. You've got to follow a fair process because if the employee has two years service and you dismiss for foul language, um, you still run the risk of a potential unfair dismissal claim. Great, thank you. And should employers give employees a chance to apologise if they have used fruity language, shall we call it? <laughs> I like that, fruity language. <laughs> um, yeah, absolutely. Um, especially if the outburst was in in the heat of the moment. So a, a sudden explosion of frustration or temper, or if it was out of character, sometimes you can deal with that by way of actually is an apology sufficient to recognise mm -hmm. that it wasn't appropriate behaviour and to try and resolve that situation. Great, thank you. So shall we look now at how some tribunals have treated dismissals where an employee has used bad language? What I'm going to do is give you a few case examples and you can tell me whether the tribunal decided that the dismissal was fair or unfair. So it's back to our quiz. OK. Positive. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. Normally people go, oh, a quiz. <laughs> right. So the question one, are you ready? Absolutely. So this is an employee who works as a warehouse manager, but also had a separate role as being the organisation's health and safety manager. And part of his role was to organise fire drills and to ensure that the various fire wardens followed his instructions to vacate the building. A fire drill took place one day. The wardens knew about it, but the staff didn't. Now, this employee had a military background and he treated the drill as though it was a real fire. You know, understandably, what's the point otherwise, I guess? And he was concerned that the customer area wasn't cleared as quickly as it should have been. And he shouted to people, in the customer area to get the F out of the building. He said, you shouldn't be in the effing building and that it's an effing fire drill. So repeated use of the F word. He was subsequently dismissed. Do you think his dismissal was fair or unfair? I think fair. And the reason that I am going to suggest it was fair is because 
he wasn't acting in the heat of the moment. He knew in advance that this was going to happen. And I think the facts of this case as well, the fact that he was in a customer area, so it will be around perception of was it necessary. So I'm going to vote on this one, fair dismissal. Okay. I don't know whether there were any customers in the building at the time. I, I can't tell you that because I haven't read the entire judgment. But actually, his dismissal was unfair. And the reason it was unfair was the tribunal put a lot of weight on the fact that he he swore in order to speed up the evacuation process for which he was responsible. So just shows you that um, sometimes tribunals do reach odds, what kind of appear to be fairly odd decisions. OK, let's try this next one. So this is a postman. He was dismissed without notice for calling a colleague a sneaky C-U-N-T, when he pressed him for parcels for delivery before they were meant to be ready. Now, the employer, so the post office, said he'd operated a zero tolerance approach to swearing. But there was evidence that the postman had been provoked. He had apologised pretty quickly and he'd offered to attend mediation. And on the day of the incident, it was the anniversary of his father's death. So he was feeling pretty emotional at that point. Do you think his dismissal was fair or unfair? I'm going to go on this one unfair. I think he I think when we talk about swearing, I think he's probably used one of the most offensive terms that I don't think a tribunal will have taken lightly. But I think in that situation, some of the mitigation, the fact that he's apologised, I think possibly will make a tribunal say it was one step beyond what a reasonable employer would have done. So outside the band of reasonable responses. So I'm going to say unfair on that one. Yeah, absolutely right. The interesting thing about that was that Although the post office said they had a zero tolerance approach to swearing, and I think it had a policy, but it hadn't communicated this to anybody in the workplace. And there was no no evidence also that it actually bothered to enforce that either. Interesting thing about that case was that this guy was found to have contributed to his dismissal and his compensation was reduced by 25%. Okay, final question now. This was an employee who was a member of the management team. The business announced that it was reorganising and he reacted to this in terms which the tribunal described as florid in the extreme. So he described his superiors as liars. He used profanity and was overheard ranting and raving. And unsurprisingly, he was dismissed. Do you think his dismissal was fair or unfair? Oh, it's hard. It's hard to know. I could see it going both ways. I'm going to say it was a fair dismissal because from the way that the tribunal have described it it sounds like it wasn't just within the anticipated response of we're planning a restructure you're going to be miffed and unhappy it sounds like he's gone beyond that and if he's been overheard by others so I'm, I'm going to say a fair dismissal yeah absolutely right the this actually this case actually went to the EAT and they said that his conduct was so much out of keeping with his position as a senior executive that he could know you know it was reasonable that they would no longer want to employ him so yeah two out of three not bad not, not bad, bad. For my first attempt no indeed <laughs> <laughs> let's have a look now at potential discrimination issues now, I think you've already alluded to this, but obviously repeatedly swearing at someone is likely to create an intimidating and hostile environment for the victim. But obviously it will only amount to harassment if they can show that there's a link between how they have been treated and a protected 
characteristic. Absolutely. Yeah, I agree. So if a male colleague is repeatedly referring to female colleagues or indeed just to women in general in derogatory terms, then female workers would potentially be able to bring a claim for that. Yeah, absolutely. There was a case we covered last year um, and that involved a long serving electrician who worked for a small family firm and he had been called a bold CUNT by a colleague. The tribunal accepted that that comment had been made and that bad language was commonplace on the factory floor and, and it had been used in, in, you know, by this electrician as well. But he argued that that comment amounted to harassment on the basis of his sex because boldness is generally something that men suffer from rather than women. And he succeeded on that point. The tribunal said that the language that had been used crossed the line because it related to his appearance. I'm not sure whether the same decision would have been made if he'd only been called a CUNT though, and I wonder what your views are on that. I agree. And and it is interesting because we are starting to see this trend now where the tribunals will look at the words that they used or the words around them and the context. And they are starting to say that actually in some situations, swear words, for example, can be gendered. And where mm -hmm. that is the case, and there is a link to um, gender or to sex, um, that it can amount to direct sex discrimination or even harassment on the grounds of sex. Yeah, I think this is probably a good opportunity then, Elaine, for you to describe to our listeners what happened in the case of Fitcher against London United Busways, where those arguments were raised. Absolutely. So and this is a really good case because it involved a bus driver who was a trans woman. Now, she alleged that one of the other drivers referred to her as a rhymes with banker. And so she brought a claim and she argued that this word was usually directed at men and had been used to insult her as a trans woman and that this was less favourable because of her gender reassignment. Mm -hmm. um, and the tribunal agreed with her in principle and said that actually this isn't a gender neutral insult and that calling a trans woman a rhymes with banker was sufficient to establish a prima facie case of discrimination. And that then means that once you've established a prima facie case of discrimination, the burden shifts to the employer to prove that no discrimination took place. Now, ultimately, as much as that is a really interesting point, she did lose her case because the tribunal didn't believe that she had been called this. But the rationale that they went through to consider whether actually the slur was gendered or not and what options it gave her has seen the progression. So I think if we go back to what we said earlier to say there is more of a tolerance of swearing generally where swearing is used, we've now got this new consideration to say, well, is it, for example, gendered? So it's not just that the words are, can be offensive or, or we're more tolerant of them, but it's actually the way that they are used um, mm. that we're, we're seeing the, the move of case law. Yeah. And of course, it was directed or allegedly was directed at a particular person. One of the things I thought was quite interesting about that judgment was that the tribunal said that there were different terms that were used for women, but they didn't go into what these may be. Now, I'm not suggesting that we go through every single swear word and try and work out whether it's gendered or not, but I, I can only think of one swear word that is generally used to refer to women and not men, and that's the B-I-T-C-H word. Others, which are often, you know, highly sexualized swear words, aren't they? And they're, they're generally used to refer to women's anatomy. But 
my perception, and it, you know, I'm not saying it's necessarily right, is that often these are used as general forms of insult now, rather than being specifically directed at women. And it'll be interesting to see whether or not, for example, if a woman was called a C-U-N-T, whether a tribunal would suggest that that was a gendered swear word. Yeah, I, I think it, we are going to have over the next sort of year or years more cases where this is considered because you you are right. A lot of our swear words um, are based around female anatomy. But I think rather than it just being as simple as that, we are going to see um, much more complexities um, with the combination of who what words are used to target which people and I yeah. think that's where we'll, the case law will come out it's it's the use and the intention around the particular word and how yeah. it's applied yeah that's great thank you well I think it's probably a good place now to finish now by giving employers some pointers about what they need to consider if they have a problem with swearing in the workplace so do you have any tips for our listeners Elaine yeah I think every employer out there has got to consider your own business and your own culture because we've seen from the tribunals that it they will take that into consideration so you have to have an approach and a policy that works for your business um because you can't go around you know if you're in for example manufacturing or you're in i don't know i've said security earlier if you're in that type of sector where it is used as everyday language you don't want to be spending all your time policing every single thing that employees say so let's be realistic and say there is more of a tolerance um and let's be really clear so if we even in those sectors where perhaps we do have industrial language if you want to reduce the amount of swearing um make it clear to staff that that's happening or set expectations of what you are prepared to tolerate or not um, so you can draw a line in the sand of what's happened before if you want to change the approach within your business so communication is key mm-hmm. it is probably unrealistic to adopt a zero tolerance approach in most sectors you know I've confessed today we sometimes swear internally but we're quite clear I would never do that in front of a client I wouldn't do it in the tribunal for example um, so be realistic about what you can do and can't do and then once you have that expectation in place it's really important that you follow your own policies so unlike the case example we discussed earlier where the post office took a zero tolerance approach but they hadn't told anybody you're setting yourself up to fail if then you try to discipline someone so have a realistic expectation implement it keep an eye on it and be consistent would be my top tips brilliant and of course line managers have a really key role don't they in terms of setting the tone absolutely brilliant thank you i've really enjoyed that well that's it for today i'd like to thank all of our listeners for supporting this podcast and hope that you all have a good festive period whatever you're doing please tune in after christmas if you want to hear more about the latest employment law updates alongside expert commentary thank you for listening bye everyone